0: Welcome to This Week in Sparkling Water. Can you you hear that in my voice? It's like an incredible negative fucking negative pressure in my chest. You know, I was watching something. I think it was Emily the Criminal, but I could be... Actually, I think I'm wrong. I think that's not what it was, but that's my best guess. My best guess is probably wrong. I was watching this thing, and someone used the phrase... If you don't mind, I'm just going to jump in. And I think that's such a nice phrase because I really hate segues and I really hate the, the, the fliffer-fluffer, the fluff, the filler. I just want you to go. Just, you know, I just want you to go. I think one of the best moments in art, all categories, is the beginning of Nas's album Illmatic where he just goes, I don't know how to start this shit. <laughs> and you can tell that he's like, you can tell that he has all these great ideas for what's gonna what's gonna be in there, but he doesn't know how to start it. And it's just like the transition from nothing to something. It's such a, I don't even know the what the. What it's just like it's the old like every segue is hard, but that's the hardest segue, you know, from zero to one, from just like. Stand still to movement. So he's just like, you can hear, it's not like, he, it's not a gimmick. You can hear how he's like, I do not know how to start this shit. And then in this movie, or I whatever it was, someone uses the phrase, if you don't mind, I'm just going to jump in. And I really like that. I think I, yeah, I, I would love for that to be how I start every episode. If you don't mind, I'm just going to jump in. So if you don't mind, I'm, I'm just going to jump in. I feel really, really bad right now in a very acute way, which is very appropriate for the podcast, I really feel like I had a really bad experience just now. And just like, it it was like a 30 minute experience that started an hour ago, you know? It's weird, because I want to do this annoying thing of explaining all the experiences I had leading up to this moment to explain why I was like, in a very raw and weird mind state where I'm like very spiritually drained. But I think just listing off a bunch of bad things that happens to you over a whole day, and then how you have a really bad experience at 10 p.m. after a long day of like spiritually draining experiences, I I think it just gets really convoluted. I think I'm just gonna, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna jump right in. So this is what happens. I work in a restaurant and in this restaurant today, there's just a dog walking around. It's not just off leash. It's just like we d- the, the owner is not around. It's a medium-sized white dog. It's a pretty well-behaved dog. But it's just sniffing around and eating stuff and licking stuff and eating some crumbs off of the ground and just walking around. And people are like, it's not 7 p.m. middle of dinner time, full restaurant. It's more like 9.30, eat late evening Some people are eating, but it's sort of like, it's a slightly different vibe than the middle of, it's a little bit of a looser vibe right around clothes. So people keep mentioning to me that there's just like a dog walking around and I start looking for it and then I find the dog and then I, me and Caitlin are kind of walking around and, and, you know, Caitlin is a real problem solver. She's a real go-getter. And if there's a if there's a thing, she'll just she'll attack it for me with me, you know? She'll attack the problem with me. So she goes up to the dog and and, and she reaches down to just hold on to his collar cuz he's going up to all these strangers, all these guests. And the dog when she holds his collar, the dog turns around and bares its teeth at her and it's like, you know, the stuff that happens one second before you bite someone. So at that moment I'm like, "Oh, okay. That's the fun is over now. We're going to just find the owner of this dog and we're going to get this figured out. So I start asking around and the people are like, I'm like, do you, I'm asking the people in on the couches in the lobby, like, do you know this dog that's walking around? Do you know who the owner is? Because they were kind of petting it and stuff and they pointed and they're like, yeah, it's Jamal. And they point over there. And so there's a guy standing in the bar. And so I go over to him and we have this conversation where he's like, He's immediately quite, I am I say, I'm sorry, sir, you have to put a leash on your dog. We Dogs on property have to be on leash. And he goes, yeah, so I'm not going to put my dog on a leash, but if you need me to leave, I'm going to leave. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, on property dogs have to be on leash. And he's like, that's not actually true. And I say, I'm like, at this point, he's he's starting to get heated immediately. And I'm like it actually doesn't really get me heated stuff like this so so i'm like okay well okay well it is true but okay and then he's like no no that's not true and i'm like well yeah it's it's the law and also it's our policy it's both and and he's like no that that's not actually true that's just man's law he's a sovereign being just like you and me i'm not going to put a leash on him god's law says that I do not have to put a leash on him. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, hey, it's man's law. You know, man's law is just made up. I I get it. We're all nihilists here. (laughs) And he goes, I am not a nihilist. I believe in God. And I go, well, you know, I I don't believe in God, but but I think that's fine. And everyone around me, (laughs) these are like the words we're saying. Maybe we're saying them in a slightly more heated way, but really not. Really, we're kind of bantering, even though he's like, unhinged, but I deal with so many unhinged people because, you know, one in every 3,000 people in America, it might be, you know, in the mountains is more, in California it's more. There's, a, you know, there's a lot of unhinged people in the world. And, and I have to, I have a really, I think I actually have a really good range for just talking to all kinds of people. <laughs> so I'm talking to this guy and we're saying these words and he's telling me how, how I'm a liar and everyone around me, feels super offended by how he's talking to me and me i'm just in a very different mindset because of i have some it it's really related to my like abuse enabling where i let people talk to me however for me i'm just trying to get a goal i'm just goal-oriented and if you want to treat me like shit while i get my goal figured like while i Progress towards my goal, I don't have a problem with it. And that's like an issue that I should work on because I should maintain some sort of like boundary and integrity that I don't have. I'm just like this amorphous, like completely deculturalized, like I have no values. I have nothing, which is funny because when we're getting into it, he's like saying how he believes in God. And I'm like, well, I don't believe in God. And then he's like, that's okay. And I'm like, yeah, that is okay. I actually think we have very similar values. Like you believe in God, I don't believe in God, but that's all right. And like, I think we, you know, I like that you're saying that this dog is a sovereign being and I I co- completely agree. And I like that you're not going to put a leash on him. And that sounds great. It sounds like he's having a great dog life. Like I'm into it, but the dog, we can't have off leash dogs on property. And he keeps being like, he keeps being like saying, I'm a wrong. I'm like, you're wrong. Like, who's he hurting? And I, there is this whole thing I could go into of like, yeah, well, we've had this. We've tried this before. And when you let, allow for off-leash dogs, the dogs bite each other and they bite people. And then, you know, we have to pay a lot of money. So we don't allow off-leash dogs. It's just, it's called economics, you know? It's called uh, being a business. Existing in a free market capitalist society. Dog on leash. So the fella gets heated. And... He's, you know, walking around. He, I'm, I'm telling him he has to leave. He, I'm tell, it's, well, you know, I'm telling him he has to leave if he's not going to put the dog on leash. And he's walking more in circles than I'd like to. I like for him to walk more in a straight line towards the door. But it's a lot of circles and it's a lot of like talking about God and stuff and how everything is made up and how, you know, I'm a liar. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's all good. So he wanders off and then all these different people like Steph and Brit and Coral, they all come up to me and they like hug me and stuff. And they're all like, honestly, honestly, it's so nice because they're all like super protective of me. Like there's a weird, weird relationship here where they have to or like they choose to enlist me to deal with all all the emotionally difficult stuff of being yelled at and talking to all the difficult people. But then they like, I don't know, Coral came up to me afterwards and was like, yeah, all the girls that work for you were in the room listening to this. And they all felt like, no, 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 you can't talk to our Joachim like that. That's how all of us feel when we hear them talk to you like that. And we all were going to go up there and like get in between which is like it's super weird but that's like (laughs) it's some sort of weird like I'm their little brother but also their manager like that's the relationship I'm everyone's little brother they're all my big sister but also I'm the manager and it's like there's a big like provider or nurturer role. Like they're all, they all have this like very, it's very, I mean, I don't know. It's it's almost inappropriate because work is supposed to be shallow. Like there's a quality to capitalism and professionalism and like the workplace where it's like, it needs to maintain a certain level. Like professionalism in a way is a euphemism for shallowness. Like it needs to be shallow and you're going too deep Is always inappropriate. And I'm bad at that because I'm really bad at shallow. Like, I only know how to go deep, which is something, you know, intentional, but it's also a flaw. But so I only have these, like, little bit weirdly deep relationships with all these people. And then they like really take care of me emotionally. Like they really, my emotions are always completely raw and it's always completely obvious what I feel. And they always like react to me and treat me in a way that's like very considerate of where my emotions are. So there's a lot of like male fragility involved. Like there's a lot of male fragility and there's a lot of like really archaic gender roles of like, female nurturer roles or whatever but it's also a thing where they like throw me to the wolves because it's like you have to go talk to table 22 because they're mad and i'm like why are they mad and they like explain all the mistakes they made and then i have to like go over there and apologize for their mistakes and get yelled at for them but then they like (laughs) afterwards adopt this role of like being you know being really (laughs) i don't know really placate or like taking care of my emotions or being very considerate of my emotions and like really building me up in a way that's very reversed. Hierarchically it's very reversed, but it's also just like sort of like weirdly deep human connections or something. So that's part one. That's what happened. And honestly, it didn't have me upset at all or like it, just was a little bit like where I had to steal myself a little bit more after having had to steal myself 10 times because like people do shit and I have to tell them to do shit or I have to like have difficult conversations and then the difficult conversations don't go completely smooth. So I have to steal myself and repeat myself and be very, very clear about what really, really needs to happen. And all of that is stuff that I find very uncomfortable. And because it brings up so much in myself of always having been the fuck up subordinate that's always been told in all different kinds of shitty ways how I'm doing things wrong so I start off telling people in a I talk to people in a grown up way first where I'm like I level with them I keep it brief I just like explain what needs to be done and then when it doesn't get done they don't do their job properly or like something doesn't happen properly then I have to like circle back and be like okay so you remember that thing I just said like Briefly, Let me now unpack it more and explain m- more why what you just did is unacceptable. And I have to like steal myself and explain it even more. And it's like all of that I feel really uncomfortable because I, I just know that like when I become that person, maybe a younger me or maybe like the fuck up subordinate version of me from the past would have hated me talking to me like that. But it's really... It's really like a mirror held up towards a mirror because the reason I hate it is because fuck up subordinate me from the past hated being talked to like that because I hated myself because I was like hung over and just wasted all the time and just shitty at everything and I knew they were right. Because that's the thing. Like I talk to people about things about, yes, you are here to do a job. We pay you to do a job. This is how I need you to do the job. And then when they don't do it like that, I like tell them again. And then when they still don't do it like that, and then it turns into this bigger conversation of like, so what's going on here? Like, do you not want this job? Like what's going on here? Like, do you, wh- wh- how can we support you to have you do it the way you need to do it? And, like, I hate talking to people like that because I can hear it from the other side. And it brings up so much of my own, like, I don't know, shit about myself and how I have hated myself so much in my whole life. But, so that's part one. And part one didn't really upset me that much. And it really kind of just, I was yell that a little bit and talk to a little bit in a rude way. And then lots of lots of these coworkers come up to me and just say, oh, wow, that was really terrible how that guy talked to you. And like, we felt really protective of you. And all these like nice things happen afterwards that made the whole thing like net positive, where it's like, it's so nice to feel supported by all of you guys. And then 10 minutes go by. And then Coral comes into the office and she's like, okay, so the guy is back and he wants to apologize to you. And at that point, I'm like, Dude, this guy's a little bit unhinged. Like, this guy isn't really buying into regular society or, like, our shared reality that normal people... Like, everyone has their own reality, right, that they walk around in. But most normal people and people who just subscribe to the bigger idea of mainstream society, we actually live in kind of a shared reality where we have like 90% of what's going on in our reality is the same as what's going on in the next person's reality. And that has like effects of a lot of predictability and like like there's safety in that. You feel a certain lo- a certain type of safety in just knowing that everyone else sees things 90% the way you see them. You know, gravity is going to pull us down. $10 is worth about $10. Just these, like, shared idea. Like, you have to... You wake up in the morning, and then you are awake in the daytime, and then you, like, eat food to survive, and you, like, try to take care of yourself, and you try to live a long time, and you try to, like, be happy, and we have all these, like, ideas that we all share in this sort of, like, mainstream understanding of what it means to be a human, and so... That's like what most people's shared reality is. And then, especially up here in the mountains in in Northern California, there's just a lot of people that don't subscribe to that reality. And they just, they're doing their own thing. They're in their own reality. And honestly, I don't think that their own reality is like less true or anything. I just think it's just shared by fewer people. And this fella here, who's now back, And he doesn't have his dog. His dog is probably in his car that he maybe lives in. Not that he's poor, but like he had like the fresh fucking blood red Yeezys on. But he just seems like a fella that might be might be a wanderer, you know? But there was a big thing about like in part one there was a big thing of him yelling at me about like how he's been here for thirty-five years and this is this is my land. And then I'm like, I just got here, I'm a guest. That's what I told him. And he's like, that's right. You're a fucking guest. And it's like, bro, I'm agreeing with you. And it's like, he still found a way to be so angry about it. And so anyway, Coral comes into the office and she's like, he's back. He wants to apologize. And at that point, I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing this again. Like if the dog is gone, we're fine. Tell him I left. Tell him something. But the whole thing feels like he, he was just here. It's just not really believable that I'm not there. And it just feels like it'll just be such a bigger deal if I'm going to like avoid him and hide and sneak out the back. Because here's the thing. I was trying to leave. I had just ordered a little bit of food and that I asked for to go. And Cole is about to put that food up and I'm about to leave. I'm trying to leave. I didn't even want to have part one conversation, but I had to. And so... I'm just like, fuck it, I gotta go out there, I guess. So I go out there and he's sitting in like the, the super, super tall. We have these like weird armchairs with the the back is like eight feet tall. It's just like a weird throne, hipster, super expensive designer armchair. And there's two of them and he's sitting in one of them. And he's like, would you have a seat? And I sit down and, we, and he's like, would you sit with me for a moment? And it's like, we're sitting there. And he's like, I would like to apologize. And so we speak. And then he goes into this long rant about how, well, you know, you're actually wrong because the law is that if I just said that the dog is my support animal, then my emotional support animal, then I can have the dog. And I'm like listening to this long thing about how he's like, oh, you can only tell me to have it right next to me. And if I say it's my emotional support animal and I'm just like, bro, yeah, that is the law. But like, bro, that's not exactly applicable because you were like gone like I was walking around with this dog for like 15 minutes and you were nowhere to be found. So it's like emotional support animals are not actually allowed to be off leash. I think maybe if you like hold an emotional support animal dog, I wonder what the law is. I'm actually going to check it right now. Okay, ready for this? Service animals shall be under the control of the owner and restrained or on a leash at all times with few exceptions. Exceptions may include persons in wheelchairs who cannot operate the chair and manage a leash or an animal that is retrieving an item for its owner. Cool. That's like exactly what I thought. It's like you can maybe have the, the animal has to be on a leash or restrained. Like if the animal is sitting on your lap that's probably okay but like there ain't no fucking so he's talking and talking and talking and I just butt in for one second and I'm like bro I don't really think that's applicable like you weren't with the dog and then he meet like he goes from being all nice and being all like I, I wanted to apologize to you. he stands up and he's like I was gonna apologize so okay at this point in the story I think I have to mention that the guy's black. It's going to – hey, it's going to be relevant in a second here. He goes, I was going to apologize to you for being an idiot, but I'm rescinding that. I'm no longer apologizing to you for being an idiot because you are an idiot, sir, and you're white, so you're fucking stupid, and you're white, and you probably – so you probably have a small dick, okay? And then I'm standing up, and I'm like, bro, it's like – like, dude, what is going on in this conversation? (laughs) Like, what is – how did we get here? You know, <laughs> like what, a, first of all, what an American moment. Like there's something so interesting here because there's something, there's all these things in American moment, in American, the American psyche. And the. it's interesting because it's like, I'm talking about the shared reality that most people have. And it's like, there's like really aggressive dominant shared realities. Like, for example, the ones about race are, like, extremely aggressive and dominant in the sense that doesn't really matter how weird you are, you're still extremely aware of race. Like, even if your mind is super, super, super different and... You're, you've done so much acid and you're such a fucking mountain hippie and everything, you react to everything in this like incredibly unique, special, unpredictable way and you're like this incredibly different person, you're still probably really aware of race. And it takes a very, very small child. Like only very small children in America are unaware of race. Like you get taught to... It's so interesting because you get taught to be aware of race very – at a young age. And and you get taught – like, how interesting is it? Like, how do you get taught? Because it's really – this is a fella saying the quiet part out loud. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, this is a fella. And so I'm standing up and I'm like, bro, you're just being so aggressive. You're being rude. You're yelling in this lobby. You're cursing. And you're, so I'm I'm like, look, I have to tell you to leave. Like, you have to leave property right now. And I, he's walking, not towards the door, he's walking to towards the downstairs cocktail lounge where there's a comedy show and he's screaming at me. He's like, dude, I was gonna make you guys so much money. I was gonna do a three hour comedy set for free and you guys were gonna make so much fucking money and now I'm gonna fucking leave. And I'm like, bro, you have to leave. Like, you can't. You can't be here anymore. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You're being way too aggressive. You're being way too rude. And I'm walking after him. And he's like, dude, if you fucking touch me right now, I'm going to punch you in your fucking face. And he's screaming at me. And it's like, fucking Coral, why did you go get me in the office? Why did you get me roped into part two here? Like, I was so satisfied with part one where he was just like a little bit aggro and rude and weird towards me. And everyone else around me thought I like handled it in a way where I didn't lose my temper at all. I'm just kind of bantering with this wild cat, you know, this wild dude. And then part two is just and this guy is like built, you know, like this guy is like this guy looks strong, you know. And he's very threatening, and he's like, and I reach, I almost reached out to like, to be like, no, 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 you can't go that way. You have to leave. And he's like, if you fucking touch me, I'm gonna punch you. And it was so, like, he said that many times, and it was very close to him punching me. And so at this point, it sort of breaks through. It sort of punctures my emotional armor, and it kind of makes me upset. And so he goes downstairs. I'm sort of wandering around to the front desk. And I'm telling Daniel, like, hey, Daniel, can you like call the cops? I think this guy is now at a level of out of control where we have to call the cops, unfortunately. And then I just want to acknowledge this thing. Like, let me be a European and say a little bit of the quiet part out loud here. This is the stuff Americans feel extremely uncomfortable talking about. But here's the thing, man. Nevada County It's many times been told to me, and I don't know if it's 100% statistically true, and maybe you can hold it up in the light in a couple of different ways and stuff, but, like, people say that this is the whitest county in California. It's very white. It's a very white part of the world, and everyone in the restaurant is—I mean, not everyone is white. Like, you know, we got a good number of Mexicans on the staff, especially front of house, you know. We got a good number of different people, you know, but guests like patronage, overwhelmingly white. So there's something so fucking, there's a, like the white guilt in me, (laughs) the white guilt in me creates a big barrier to entry for me to escalate this to a point where I have 100 guests, Customers in this building, and one of them is black, and I'm about to call the cops on the one black guy. Like that, I'm so uncomfortable with that. I'm so uncomfortable with that. That I, you know what I do? I'm telling Daniel to call the cops, and then I'm like, nah, don't do it. And then Daniel wanders off and I go behind the front desk and I pick up the phone and I dial 911. And I let let it ring for one time, and then I hang up, and I just walk away. Knowing that a 911 dropped call probably means that they're going to call me back and do a bunch of shit. But it's like, I just, I can't, I, I actually can't. I actually cannot call the cops on this guy. Also, I'm trying to leave, bro. Like, Doug is here, Doug is the closing manager. I'm not supposed to be roped into a big thing here while my fried chicken is in a to-go box waiting to go. So I just go and sit down in the office and I'm like explaining some of these things that he yelled at me. And I like go down and I talk to him again and he yells at me again. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It's too many things at once. It's like having someone be rude towards you is like one level. And then there's this other level of like having someone talk about race out loud, it's like deeply What's the word? It's like a tightening feeling. It's like <laughs> it's like when you learn to be a white person in America, having someone bring up the topic of race, there's like an immediate tightening of the, there's like a pressure. There's like an immediate like oh shit. Everything suddenly feels really high stakes, like you really don't want to fuck this one up. And there's like this ugh, there's like this incredible discomfort immediately. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> And Steph, Steph is so funny because Steph is just like, you know, Steph is, Steph is Mexican and she takes no shit and you cannot talk to Steph the way this guy talked to me. Like Steph will pop off on you. Like Steph is a saint, an absolute princess and just the safest, most wholesome person. But she's also from the streets and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go well. If you're gonna to try to push Steph around, I'm gonna first of all, whenever anyone tries to push Steph around, it she immediately blows up in a super inappropriate way. Where I always have to have a conversation with her afterwards and be like, okay, Steph, so we can't talk to people like that. And like I know what he said, but like you kind of work here and you kind of like As work like when we work here, we're kind of all vanguards of this bigger metaphor of what this entire place is. And we're all stewards of the entire brand, okay? So when we're out there in guest-facing areas, we're all brand ambassadors of the bigger brand. So we kind of have to smooth down our rougher edges, okay? And it's like (laughs) it's just Steph is so funny because she's like You know, she's, like, really pretty, and she looks like a Mexican Audrey Hepburn, especially since she got bangs. And so I feel like being really pretty means that she just got away with a lot of crazy shit. Like, she just always got away with saying a bunch of crazy shit. So she never really learned proper de-escalation techniques. And (laughs) the result... So Steph is just... Steph is just going off on me in the office about, like, wow, it's so crazy when people of color, like, invoke all these crazy ideas. Like that, because all I said was, it doesn't, the emotional support animal thing doesn't apply when you're downstairs and your dog is literally behind the bar, like where there's a broken bottles and everything is like dangerous and there's like liquids and he's just like licking, dude, it's like you can't have a roaming wild dog. But it's also like, that's not actually the argument he's trying to win. He's trying to win the argument about God's law, you know? That's the actual thing he thinks about, you know? How man's law is negligent. Man's law is is passing, you know? That's not the ultimate judge of his behavior. But so, like, I was driving home. The whole thing made me upset. And I was driving home and I was thinking about, like, what, sh- what, what I should have said. And what I should have said is to, like, sit all calm as he's standing all angry, screaming at me and i should just be like look man you've you've wandered away from god's love you know like you have wandered away from like god you know god is going to really come down on this like you've you're outside of his love right now you need to come back to his embrace you need to come back into his bosom because because you're lost right now man like you're lost He does not want you here. He does not want you to be like this. Like this is not what he wants for for one of his like people. Like you are his people and you are supposed to be a certain way. You're supposed to act. You're supposed to embody him. And he loves you. And he he wants things for you. He wants certain behaviors from you. And he wants to hold you in his embrace. And he wants you to shine and be his... He wants you to be him here, you know? He wants you to be his embodiment here in this room. And he wants you to be like this bright, shining white light. And right now you are being... You are you are falling from that, you know? You're falling from his love. And you're all the way down right now. And it's dangerous, you know? Like, you, you're you about to lose everything, you know? He's about to take everything away from you. Like, he's about to punish you with... Like, he is about to... He's about to rip everything. You, You think... You think you have something difficult that you're dealing with right now that's making you talk. That's nothing compared to like what he's about to do to you for, for this behavior here, like for, for for losing sight of his love. Like you're not, you're, be, you're existing in hatred right now, you know? You are not one of his children when you exist in hatred. And when you exist in hatred, you you abandon him. You know you fall away from him and when you abandon him I mean you are not safe anymore because then you know the demons like the darkness is here you know and if you if you stray too far from his love the darkness will you know the darkness will find you and then it will be very hard to find your way back because you won't you won't remember how to you know apologize you will not remember how to find your way back to his light you know your dog will fucking not be on a leash, that's for sure. God wants you on a leash, bro. I don't know. This guy had a real off-leash mindset, if you know what I mean. Like, we're all kind of like, we're all kind of like God-support animals, fucking emotional Jesus Jesus' support, emotional support animals, and we're all kind of on a leash or at least restrained, you know? Because... Jesus is Jesus is that guy in a wheelchair who can't operate the wheelchair and hold a leash at the same time, you know? Cuz Jesus is that meek character, you know? He's like he's that guy laying on the floor and he, there's so little of him left and he's bleeding out, you know? That's Jesus. You know, that's Jesus's love. You know, Jesus is not muscles and power and strength. Jesus is that fucking paraplegic in the wheelchair and we we're just trying to we're just trying to sit in his lap and just be his little support animal. You feel me? And like that guy, goddamn, dude, Jamal, Jamal ain't it, dude. That's not him, dude. That's not him. So there were too many things that happened at the same time. He was rude and it's tough to be rude and to be, have someone be rude to you. Then you have to steal yourself. And it's like, that's the first arrow on the first layer. And then when he invokes race, it's like, that's the second layer. And it's like, ooh, okay, okay, you went there. You screamed at me in the lobby that I probably have a small dick cause I'm a white guy and I'm stupid cause I'm a white guy. Okay, all right, okay, you went there. Cool, very cool, very cool. And then when the next layer is like physically threatening, then you're getting to where it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Then you're getting to the point where I'm like, I might call the cops, but I might hang up in the cops and then go sit in the office. And I just kind of sat in the office and just kind of like had to just rest my face in my hands for a little bit and be like, dude, what is... Like, what is all of this, dude? And Doug is all like, matter of fact, doesn't give a shit about any of this. Doug is just like, yeah, that guy's not invited back. And Doug just walks around and tells all staff that that guy's eighty sixth. Doug is so like, I don't know. In a way, I, I, I see my... I, I do know what the mindset that Doug is in because Doug, I've many times in the beginning, working with Doug, I would see him get yelled at by people. And then afterwards, he'd just be like making himself a cup of tea, just chilling. And everyone's like, Doug, are you not upset? And he's like, I, I don't know. No, I don't know. But it's like, it's just happens so much. And there's just so it's just such a high intensity, social high intensity role that like at a certain point, it doesn't get to you. And so like, I get that and that's, I was being dug in part one, but then part two, it just got to me, bro. And this guy's just like so bipolar and difficult, you know? Real Kanye energy, if I'm being honest with you. Real Kanye energy. Cause I'm like, I pull up the security cameras and I'm just watching him walk around property after he like screamed at me that he was gonna punch me in the face. And he just walks up to Angelina, the bartender, and he's, like, hugging her and stuff. And they're laughing. And and he's just, like, walking around hugging everyone. And then he just walks up to these three people sitting at the bar that apparently... He's clearly, like, a man with no boundaries. A really fluid character who clearly, like... Everyone now knows his name. He's just said hi to everyone. So he walks up to these, I'm watching him on the cameras on his way out. We're watching him walk towards the door and I'm like, thank God he's leaving. And then he turns left and he just like veers off and he's no longer leaving. And he walks to the, towards the bar, towards these three people that he's probably talked to. And then he just like walks up to them and just reaches into their food and just like grabs an oyster and just like eats one of their oysters and now they're shooting the shit. And he's just like eating, standing there eating their food. And they're, like, giving him more, just feeding him. And it's like, yeah, dude, just real fluid, you know? Real sort of, like, doesn't really buy into, does not really buy into our sort of shared understanding of, like, the social contract writ large, you know? And that stuff is tough, man, because, like, the social contract isn't all that great. I'm not saying it's all that great, but... But it's also not that nice to really just be a piece of shit towards me for... Like, I didn't do anything towards you, dude. I'm over here like, bro, I think it's awesome that you view your dog as a sovereign being. And that you're not going to put a leash on him. It sounds like he's having a great life. And like, I think we have the same values. And I think that's really cool. And, you know, all I said was I don't really think the emotional support laws... Emotional support animal laws really apply here because... Because your dog is three rooms away from where you are. And he's like, what did my dog do? Did it bother anyone? And I'm like, bro, it bothered me. Okay. So yeah, I got this nicotine vape now because I bought... Steph always has a nicotine vape and I'm always asking her to hit it. So I borrow her nicotine vape and I go out back and I hit her nicotine vape and then now I bought my own and I give it to her and I'm like, just you just we can do shared custody a little bit. You can hold take it home. Take this thing home, but when we're working together, maybe I can just hit it once or twice, you know? Just get a little hit of nicotine when it gets when the going gets rough, you know? And so tonight I was like, look, Steph, I mean, after all of that, I, I think I think I might have to have the nicotine vape tonight. You know, I think I might have to take it home and she's like, "Yeah, you you should." The old flume pebble. You should probably you should probably take the old watermelon sour peach home. So yeah, that's what I did. I have the fucking nicotine vape right here now, so I'm fucking vaping a little bit and I don't know, but it's really really good for me to have the podcast where I can just like for the lulz, you know? All the shit that happens, it's for the lulz. It's for the content, you know? Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. It's a a very emotionally difficult time because we cut the head off the dragon in the kitchen. Executive chef was... We separated with our executive chef. And that's everyone's... That's the leader of half of the ship, you know? Half of the animal. The heart of house animal. That's their that's their leader, you know? And we separated with him and we replaced him and we got a new chef and, and it's very tender back there because they all had a very established vibe with, you know, with, with Zach and, and Zach was very upset. I'm, Understanding that Zach was very upset because he's a real guy. He's a real human man. He's a real fucking person. And he put so much of himself. And it's, it's, oh God, I'm so. I, I wish I felt like I could talk about this completely freely, and I don't feel like that. But, but it's just so interesting, you know? Like, like we have, we have, you have a job and. It feels like this a job should be such a shallow thing, but it's really where you spend most of your waking hours. So you do just by the physicality of how physically you're in there most of your hours. And physically, your life is mostly looking in the faces of these people you work with. So you just develop just like there's such a... It's just so rote. It's just so like... I don't know, I really believe that there's like it's the same in like uh, being married, like when you're just married for a while for years and you sleep in the same bed and you just like spoon every night. Once once you once something like that ends, there's just something about how physically you were there so much. Physically you guys spooned every night. You just like fell asleep next, you just kind of fell asleep touching for years. And like even when you leave that, it's you don't really leave that, you know? Even if you didn't even like it, even if it wasn't even good, even if you like are so happy to be out of it, you're still a part of you will always be there because they because like our memory, it's memory and everything we are, there's so much fit, there's so much like the body keeps the score, you know? So much of it is bound up in our physical bodies and our muscles and our nervous system and just like our touch and our skin and like where we actually are in the physical space. So much of it is bound up in that, that like, it doesn't really matter that you think you have your best friend and your best friend is this other person that you see sometimes and blah, blah, blah. Like that's such a shallow thing compared to the fucking 70 hours a week you spend fucking at work, you know? God damn it, dude. So he was the executive chef. Zach was the executive chef and his little brother is Luke and that's the dishwasher. And man, Zach has to go. Zach leaves and Luke is still in here and his little brother and I talked to him tonight and, and it's like, man, Luke is, Luke is his big Lucas bro- Luke is the older brother and he's like, so his feelings, it's so many feelings, you know, his feelings are hurt that his little brother isn't there anymore. His little brother was pushed out and he's such a real guy, and he's so, like, sad, and he's drunk. And we I've worked with Luke for three years, and this one time, six months ago, we were all kidding around in the service station, and Luke comes out, and I just had this thing I say where I just look at Luke, and I'm like, Luke, hey, Luke, we've worked together for two years. I'll give you $10,000 if you tell me what my name is. And Luke goes, Jörheim? <laughs> your is it you <laughs> i'm like luke you're a crazy guy dude we worked together for two years you don't know what my name is bro you think my name is your dude it's so fucking funny and then today today i think he learned my name and it had a real sort of kiss of death quality to it where it's like it's like someone making an effort i don't know i just really feel like luke might leave you know and he, he learned my name. It's it, it, him. He was like, today, he was like, he didn't even ask, what's your name? He didn't even say, I don't know what your name is. He just looked at me and he goes, Jorheim? Jorheim? And I'm, I look at him and I go, Joachim. And he goes, Joachim. And I go, Joachim. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's weird. Like, it's a weird name. I'm sorry. And he's like, Joachim. And it had this real sort of like afterglow, this sort of like sad poetic ending quality to it where it's like, I really feel like, God, he might, he might've learned my name just so that he can abandon me, you know, real sort of like Judas walks up to Jesus and just sort of like embraces him and kisses him on the cheek. And it's just like, you know, that kiss that like, that like you've never had this level of intimacy and that highest level of intimacy is a symbol of I'm about to turn around I'm kissing you on the cheek right now Jesus I'm about to turn around and I'm about to walk away and those people they gave me a lot of gold and now they're gonna fucking drag you all the way to the top of that hill and and they're gonna nail you to that cross and and it's this is it you know this is the end you know this intimacy here is suggestive of an end you know, that's what it felt like. Yorheim no longer, yeah, Yorheim no longer, and that's the mind state I was at. The way I, the way I wrapped up the conversation with Lucas, that I was like, "Hey, Luke, did you see a dog walking around here? Like, I'm looking for a dog. Like, someone told me there's a dog, and I, I think I got to go deal with this because there's like, and there's just a dog just walking around, just eating people's food and stuff. And so that's how I left Luke, and I that was it was like in that sort of like weird emotional state of like separation and and mutiny and betrayal and and just like being real like so too much of my humanity came out you know too much of my it wasn't I didn't keep it shallow enough and then in that mindset is when I found the man I found the dog and I asked the people in the lobby hey do you know do you know whose dog that is and they pointed and they were like it's Jamal and then I went and found Jamal and it was He was on the heels of so many emotional other conversations that I just didn't have my shields up properly. And then when Jamal yelled at me and said, "You're, you're a white guy, so you have a small dick. It was like, oh, God, Jamal, you got me, bro. You fucking got me, dude. All right, let's drink a little bit of small dick sparkling water, all right? All right, so what we got here is Lagunitas Brewing Company Hoppy Refresher. Sparkling hop water. Zero calories, zero gluten, zero carbs, zero alcohol. I'm going to need a bottle opener for this one. You know, the other thing that happened, and I don't know. I mean, I don't even know, man. I don't even know if I can talk about this. It all feels so embarrassing and intimate and just way too honest or something. But like, what I did after this guy yelled at me, and he's like, you're white, so you're stupid. After all, like one of the first things I did is like, I just sit down in the office and I like took my phone out and I like, and I texted Artemis. I texted, I was hanging out with Artemis yesterday and she's like, so what can I call you? Can I call you my boyfriend? Like, I know we're dating, but like, are you my boyfriend? And I'm like, what the fuck is the difference? Like, (laughs) honestly, I'm like, isn't that the same thing? So I texted my girlfriend Artemis, okay? And I just was like, dude, just yelled at me so bad. And then I said all the things he said. And then it just felt so bad because just like, it's like, just because she's black or something, I'm texting her to be like, to have have her tell me that I'm all right or something, that I'm not like, I didn't even do do anything, dude. Like, Like, what am I doing, dude? Like, why do I need so much from the outside? Why can't I not have a solid core? So I'm texting her like, Babe, dear black girlfriend, this black guy just told me I have a small dick, and then she texts me back and she's like, "Don't worry, baby, it's all right. (laughs) You know, don't worry, don't worry about the, don't worry about your little white dick. You know, don't worry, baby, it's it's fine. It's like, dude, what am I doing, dude? Like, (laughs) what am I doing? Like, why? What is it? Why do I need so much from these women? Like." Why can I not just be okay without them? You know, like, why do I need women to tell me that I'm all right? Why can I not? It's so funny, man. There's so much male fragility in me. And i it's, I don't know if it's like ultra feminist or super anti-feminist, but i I don't give a shit about what men think. That's like the truth. I don't give a shit about men's opinion on anything important. Like maybe on food, I'll listen to them. Maybe on like fucking how you do some how you fix a fucking dishwasher i'll listen to a man but like when it comes to anything that matters anything emotionally anything self-image anything about like there's this incredible deep blackness dark hole this vacuum in my heart and i worry that nothing is okay that i am not okay that the universe is not okay that the world is like not okay. I worry that it is not okay and I am not okay. And it's like my role in it is not okay. And we are not doing good and it's not going to be okay. Like that is my, like that is how I feel. And I need women to tell me that it's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's it's okay enough, you know? Or at least you're okay. Like I just, my self-image is so frail god i'm out here texting texting yeah just i just fucking need steph and brit and coral to tell me i'm all right it's fucking crazy dude i need a therapist probably men will do anything to avoid therapy especially podcasting okay so let's smell it Ooh, citrusy hops like really really oh my god that smells like candy that smells like old world like sort of hand folded over just like deep sugary candy flavors from the old world that aren't like cloying and gross and chemical just like citrusy like real fruits like sugars from real fruits that you sort of draw out and sort of cook down into like these deep candied beautiful orange golden colors oh my god that smells good that's incredible that's an incredible smell wow okay let's taste it okay so very different on the palate very hoppy much more bitterness which does balance out nicely with the with the sort of fruit citrus notes on the notes I mean this is just wonderful it's like a god I love how it's just like clear like there's no food dye. they didn't make it like fucking brown you know it's just like clear, sparkling water. Yeah, sharp, nice bubbles. Really light, actually. Just like sits nicely in the middle of the tongue and doesn't bother the size of your mouth. Yeah, so that's a 10 out of 10 right there. Pretty sure Brit gave me this. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay, that's the, uh, <clears throat> that's the whole episode. That is the whole episode. And, you know... I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm doing, man. You know what I'm doing? I'm doing my best. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing my best and we got to be nicer to, we got to be nicer to, I mean, I got to be nicer to myself, man. I'm just so worried about it all.